Can New Orleans Saints quarterback Jameis Winston prove that he deserves a longer contract in 2022 and the two other players with the most pressure on them coming up this season? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints here on this Tuesday. This is your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we are free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. You can find me every day over at USA Today Saints Wire, Tuesdays on Locked on NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And on today's episode of Locked on Saints, who are the three veterans with the most pressure on them ahead of the 2022 New Orleans Saints NFL season? We're going to lead this list off with quarterback Jameis Winston. Now, we should clarify that when I talk about players with the most pressure on them, it doesn't mean that I expect them to not perform well or that I expect that they're not going to have good seasons or that I cast any doubt on these players, but simply that The scenario around their performance is one that makes their performance in 2022 of paramount impact, right? It's important that these players perform well. And Jameis Winston is one of those players, right? I mean, you look at all the criticism that this guy gets from national media, from folks outside of the New Orleans Saints organization, from players and people not close to the New Orleans Saints, focusing on the 30 interceptions, never talking about the 5,000-yard passing season, how well he played. 14 touchdowns to 13 interceptions in 2021 with the New Orleans Saints system. That's going to be mostly the same going into 2022, just with a different play caller, which of course is a big deal. But people tend not to put the pressure on Pete Carmichael as the new play caller of this New Orleans Saints offense. No, instead they put the pressure on Jameis Winston. Can he perform? Is he going to throw too many interceptions? Aren't you worried about his decision making? All of these things that I feel like last year, He kind of showed you that he has the ability to improve. And now this year with the ACL injury and him really having to focus in terms of his passing 5, 10, 15 yards downfield at best throughout that time, he's had a little bit of an opportunity to work on his short and intermediate area passing, the accuracy there, and even taking advantage of Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. Nick Underhill reporting that the Saints with Jameis Winston only threw like eight snaps, uh, excuse me, eight slants last year, but there were a ton during mini camps going to that route. So these adjustments, I think, are going to be positive ones for Jameis Winston. So why is that the why is it that the pressure is so high when it comes to Jameis? Well, it's because he's effectively on a one-year contract. Now I know that when you hear about Jameis's contract, what you're going to hear is that it's a two-year, $28 million contract, $14 million per year, but with a guarantee of only $21 million, that's effectively a one-year prove it deal that the Saints have put Jameis Winston on. Now clearly there is some faith in Jameis Winston from the organization to give him that contract in the first place, meaning that there would be over $11 million of dead cap if they decided to move on from the former first overall selection. Let's not forget that he was that guy. And now he has to prove again that he can be that guy under the you know tutelage and the leadership of Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael. So with $11 million plus attached to Jameis Winston with dead cap, there's clearly some faith from the New Orleans Saints to Jameis Winston to guarantee him that amount of money. However, 
that is not enough money that's going to guarantee you a second year if you don't perform as a quarterback that can lead a playoff team or lead a team to playoff wins. Do I think that Jameis Winston has to win a playoff game in 2022 in order to be back in 2023? Actually, no. I think if you lead a team that has double-digit wins, you lead a team with a winning record, there's enough there. And then you have to look at the context of what the rest of the schedule is like. Did you lose two games because of poor field goal kicking, for instance, like you did in 2021, which shouldn't be an issue for the Saints in 2022 with Will Lutz on his way back and being medically cleared. Even if you get a 85% Will Lutz based on 2020, 2020 standards, you're better off than you were in 2021. So obviously there's going to be context in terms of the win-loss record. But if you're a player that leads this team to with over 4,000 passing yards, over 30 touchdowns, and you keep the interceptions under 20, which is really all you need to do when you look at today's NFL, I mean, you go back to some of the biggest seasons from Drew Brees, and you're talking 20 plus interceptions, 18 plus interceptions, so on and so forth. So I think it's the individual impact that he has on the team more than it is actually the team's winning record or even the playoff record, right? Like, is it a playoff team and a team that can win playoff games? Yes. Therefore, the expectation of a playoff win falls to the team, not the individual, as long as he, as the individual, doesn't cost that game. Two interceptions, three interceptions, an interception in crunch time or whatever, right? The things that any quarterback has the capacity to do in terms of making a mistake. Look back at the NFC Championship two years ago between the Packers and, and the, the Bucks. Both of those quarterbacks did everything that they could do to lose that game throwing two, three interceptions each. And so let's not pretend like a quarterback throwing interceptions in a playoff game is specifically a Jameis Winston problem. So I think you have to look at what the overall story of the season tells you. But there's a lot of pressure to be able to come out and perform well, to be able to execute this offense, to be able to play a little bit more of the West Coast mold of staying behind the line of scrimmage, close to the line of scrimmage, but then taking the top off when it's available to you with guys like Deontay Hardy and uh, Chris Olave. He's not going to be starved for weapons. So the pieces are around him. You have some question marks around tight end, which I think is is it, it, you know valid for sure. But outside of that, with having those pieces around him, it kind of leaves you in a no excuse zone effectively to go ahead and show, hey, I deserve to be the starting quarterback for the foreseeable future, not just one year at a time, which I think would be something Jameis Winston would absolutely love to be able to do in terms of staying in New Orleans and continuing to play in this system with these coaches. And now, of course, with the weapons and players that are built around him. So I say that there is going to be a lot of pressure on Jameis Winston. Perhaps the player on the New Orleans Saints organization with the most pressure will be Jameis Winston in 2022, which simply comes down to him being a quarterback and being on effectively a one-year deal or at least a short-term enough deal that there's question marks about, is he going to be the guy of the future or is he just the quarterback for now? I think Jameis has the absolute talent to be the quarterback of the future for the New Orleans Saints, and he's only, what, 28, 27 years old, so he has the time to do it as well, but he is going to be in a situation in 2022 where the pressure will be high, and he's going to have to prove that he's ready to do that for the long term and run the system in a way that's going to win games for the New Orleans Saints. So I think the pressure is high on him, but he's not the only one. There's two other guys that I think that the pressure is going to be very high on in 2022 we're going to jump over to the defensive side another player playing for their second contract in this case with the team and even might be playing to make sure that he can get another contract in the nfl at all we got that coming up for you as we continue on with another episode 
of Locked On Saints. But before we get to that at BlueNile.com, our friends over there, I want to tell you all about them. There you can celebrate all of life's special moments, whether you're creating a custom engagement ring of your partner's dreams, or you're just getting a classy gift and some timeless jewelry to mark a special occasion like an anniversary, a birthday, even Mother's Day, right? It doesn't always have to be romantic, but whether you're looking for romance or you're looking for something else, you can find everything you're looking for over at Blue Nile in prices that you're not going to find at traditional jewelers. And you're going to be able to do it with the modern convenience of online shopping as well. Once again, that's online at BlueNile.com where there are going to be 24-7 available uh, jewelry experts for you. So if she says she really liked a princess cut ring and you don't know what that means, they can help you out. You're looking for something that specifically fits your price range. They can help you out. You will never be on your own while you're trying to celebrate life's special moments with fine jewelry. Make all of those moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners are going to get $50 off of purchases $500 or more. And this podcast exclusive does include engagement as well. So use promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured. It ships free. And it is packaged discreetly so that it doesn't ruin the surprise that's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace at BlueNile.com today. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks again, as always, making Locked on Saints your first listen or watch of the day every day here on the Locked on Podcast Network. And speaking of Locked on Podcast Network, we have our ultimate mock draft 2022 NBA or pro basketball edition on uh, really underway right now. It got kicked off at uh, on the 16th last week, and now we're rolling through all 30 selections with over 50 experts and insiders giving you their picks and feedback on those selections. So the first pick landed on the 16th. Now make sure you don't miss a pick by subscribing to the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So we're talking New Orleans Saints veterans that are under a lot of pressure in 2022. Yesterday, we broke down rookie standouts in minicamp where I repeatedly called Lucas Kroll Nick Kroll. So for anybody that watches the league, you're welcome. Collusion, that's for you. Uh, but you can go and check that episode out. That's our Monday episode as well, right after this. But now we're talking about these veterans, right? And how some of these guys have a lot of pressure. So we're talking Jameis Winston, who of course has a lot of pressure because he's a quarterback. Most quarterbacks have pressure. I know that it's treated differently when it's Jameis Winston, but most quarterbacks are always under pressure. The other guy that I think is under a lot of pressure this year is one guy that you're expecting to generate pressure, and it's Marcus Davenport. Marcus Davenport was drafted by the New Orleans Saints in 2018, where they gave up an extra first round pick in order to move up with the Green Bay Packers in order to draft him. When you do something like that, even for a premier position like edge rusher, which as we've talked about before the NFL draft, the Saints don't often invest first round picks in premier positions. Now they did this year, right? Wide receiver, left tackle. Those are important in premier positions, but they don't often invest top 100 selections in premier positions. So when they went and spent two first round picks to draft an edge rusher, you kind of went, okay, they obviously really like this guy and there's going to be a lot to him. But unfortunately, he just didn't really pan out. He was drafted in 2018. Or let me not say that he didn't pan out, right? Because he had a great 2021. But in 2018, he finished up with four and a half sacks, only played 13 games. In 2019, only played in 13 games, finished with six sacks, not bad. Played 11 games in 2020, only one and a half sacks. And then last year in 2021, took a big step forward. Even though he only appeared in 11 games with nine starts, he still finished up with nine sacks. So one of the things that you learned about Marcus Davenport over the course of the past couple of seasons is that 
his availability ends up being a big time question mark for you, right? And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about this in the next segment about like availability being the best ability. But for Marcus Davenport, when he is on the field, he is impacting the game. And one of the things that I love about Marcus Davenport's game is that he impacts games 10, 11, 12 plays into a drive. He impacts the game on third down. He impacts the game in the fourth quarter. Those types of moments, right? Like having those quality snaps at high value moments like third down, which forces a change of possession, 10, 12 plays into a snap, which can change momentum, fourth quarter snaps and and, and late in games, which can change the course of a game. That's exactly what you need from a premier position like edge rusher. You need those guys to show up at the biggest moments. And Marcus Davenport actually does that pretty well over the course of his 21 sacks of his NFL season so far. But the big piece is going to be, can he stay healthy? Can he be on the field? And can he continue to have that type of impact? Uh, You look at his pass rushing from last year, according to pro football reference, in terms of total combined pressures over when it came to the pass rush, he ended up with 21 last season, which is actually his second highest since 2019, where he had 26. Outside of that, he had 17 in both 2018 and 2020. So are you able to put those types of numbers up again to where you're putting those pressures up and you have a 7.1% missed tackle rate, which is really good. Only three missed tackles last year, zero the year before that. So you look at everything that he's been able to generate so far and when he's been able to generate it, you can see the value in Marcus Davenport immediately, but can he be out on the field? Can he be healthy? So far this offseason, we've already learned that he had shoulder surgery and he had part of a pinky amputated. That's not a small deal. (laughs) That's not a big deal, but it's not a small deal. We haven't actually gotten to see him out on the field so far, all throughout offseason training activities, OTAs, as well as minicamp. So we'll have to wait and see what happens in uh, training camp. But you're going to have to answer those questions. You're going to have to answer the health concerns. You're going to have to show that you can still continue to be productive when you are on the field. And again, this isn't about me saying that I don't think Marcus Davenport is going to produce or be able to do those things. That's not it at all. It's just that him proving those things will certainly help him out as he's playing on a fifth year option this year, which means that he is not, he does not have a contract for next season at this time. So he's working to earn not only a second contract with the New Orleans Saints, but a second contract in the NFL. And if there's something that's going to stand in your way faster than anything else, it is going to be availability and injuries. You have to be able to get through that in order to be able to earn that second contract with any team, let alone the team that drafted you. And for the Saints, their best interest would be him having, you know, another nine or 10 sack season, playing 15, 16, 17 games, more than 13 games, and being able to continue to generate a consistent pass rush from the edge and also be a very good run defender, which is something we know Marcus Davenport to be. But that would be great for them considering how much they invested to move up and draft him in the first place as somebody that was considered a raw sort of project player. And of course, Lamar Jackson was still on the board at the time that you moved up. And that's who everybody thought you were going to draft. And instead you picked Marcus Davenport. So, and again, I don't think that that's a bad thing, but those things all contribute to expectations around the player. And the more expectations there are, the higher the pressure is. That's how it is for Jameis. That's how it's going to be for Marcus in 2022 as well. Now, Marcus Davenport did have his fifth-year option restructured, so there's void years that carry him all the way until he's 31 years old. So there's already framework available in terms of an extension for the player if he were to have another 9 or 10-sack season and appear in more than 13 games. I think that's the criteria you're looking for. 
just like with Jameis, you're really just looking for like a 4,000 yard passing season, 30 plus touchdowns in less than 20 interceptions. That's really all you're looking for. Marcus, you're looking for nine or 10 sacks playing in more than 13 games. And I think that that's enough to get you a second contract with the New Orleans Saints and actually make you desirable by other teams on the market as well to where you might be able to run your price up a little bit. Now, the Saints could surprise and extend early, but I think you have to wait and see what you have in Marcus Davenport. And we've been waiting to see what's going to happen with new offensive lineman Doug Marone being in the building and his work with one particular offensive lineman, Cesar Ruiz, the final player that we're going to discuss in terms of the pressure that's on him. And I got two lanyards for you too. Got a little bit of lanyard, two more players to discuss that are going to have a lot of pressure in 2022. But their situation is super, super specific and one you care about a lot. We'll get to that as we wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, I get to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online, our online gambling partners, and the best place for you to go for all your sports wagering information. You want to bet on the over-under when it comes to how many receptions Chris Olave is going to have, receiving touchdowns he's going to have, receiving yards he's going to have. You got it. Just head over to Bet Online today. You'll find those odds. Offensive rookie of the year odds, more odds on a bunch of other rookies across the NFL. You can even bet on where you think each team is going to finish within their division. And that's just the NFL, right? There's also week one odds where the Saints are currently like five point favorites in their away opener with the Atlanta Falcons. And then, of course, you've got esports, you've got uh, boxing, MMA, NHL right now as well. Like there's just a ton for you to check out today. So, don't waste any time. Go and check it out. Get all the information you need around sports wagering, as well as all of the trends and action so that you can get in on the game over at Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's get it, Huda Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints, talking about the three veterans with the most pressure going into 2022. Now, remember, the NFL defines veterans as players that have more than a single year of experience. So when I talk about this next guy, don't think, oh, he's too young. He's not the right guy. He doesn't really fit the criteria. No, he's a veteran, and there's a lot of pressure on him in 2022, and that is offensive lineman, right guard, more specifically, Cesar Ruiz. Now, the Saints made a change on the offensive line in terms of coaching staff by bringing back to the New Orleans Saints, Doug Marone, but now in the offensive line, uh, now in the role of an offensive line coach, he was formerly with the New Orleans Saints 2006, 7, and 8. I think the first three years of Sean Payton's tenure as offensive coordinator. So he's familiar with what the offensive system is going to be, how Pete Carmichael is going to carry it forward, all of that. That's great. That's great. And this helps Cesar Ruiz in a way because the entire offensive line is going to be learning something a little new. Their language, their vocabulary, their communication and chemistry with Coach Doug Marone. That's going to help guys like Trevor Penning, who's brand new to the system, and Cesar Ruiz, who has struggled in the system over the course of his first couple of years, to kind of level the playing field a little bit as every offensive lineman will be learning some new element of the offensive line with working with a new coach. So that's good news. The thing that is going to really impact Cesar Ruiz. And the reason why there's so much pressure on him is can he perform and does he have the strength to be able to hold up on interior pass rushes, particularly in this division? You just added Akeem Hicks across the way at Tampa Bay. Carolina has very good interior defensive line. Atlanta still doesn't have a defense, so that's okay. But even still, you don't want to, that's, you don't want pressure there. You don't want pressure at Andrews Pete, Eric McCoy, Cesar Ruiz in the interior. That's an immediate play killer for the offense that makes things very, very complicated for Jameis Winston to have that pressure immediately 
in his face. It's one of the reasons why the Saints have been so effective against Tom Brady is not only confusing him with disguising coverage, but also interior defensive line pressure. That's kryptonite for any NFL quarterback, particularly pocket passers. Now we know Jameis can get mobile. He can move around, but he also has the ACL injury that he's recovering from. So is he going to be a little bit less likely to be mobile? That's possible. And I certainly wouldn't blame him for it, but Overall, he's still a pocket passer. So the job of Cesar Ruiz provides a lot of pressure. So we talked about the quarterback who always feels a lot of pressure. The another guy who generates pressure having a lot of pressure. Now you're talking about the guy that needs to prevent pressure having a lot of pressure. And I'll give some credit over to Dylan Sanders at Dilly Sanders on Twitter, also a writer over at um, Saints Wire who wrote about Cesar Ruiz in one time. And he said, the best availability is availability, but it can't be your only ability. And I think that that is something that maybe stings a little, but it's a part of Cesar Ruiz's sort of trajectory so far that like he was the only offensive lineman last year to play in every game. And he played at two different positions at center and at, and at right guard, which is great. It's uh, wonderful to have that type of versatility on the offensive line. But there are so many of these pieces that he struggled to grasp in terms of whether it be system related or whether it just simply be like ability related. Like, do you have the strength to be able to hold up to these NFL interior defensive linemen, things like that, right? Like upper body strength has been a bit of a question mark. High, uh, high level in leverage has been a question mark. Taking false steps backwards has been a bit of a question mark. Being thrown off of the anchor has been a bit of a question mark. Like there's been a lot of things that people have pointed to on like individual plays to say, oh, this happened once, oop, this happened once, oop, this happened once. So eventually you're just piling on to the guy and I can be guilty of that too. But most importantly is, can he prove all of that wrong with the help of Doug Maroon. Can he rise to the occasion in his third season where there's already a lot of pressure on him because after the third season is over, the Saints could pick up the fifth-year option and keep him around for a fifth year as a first-round selection. So the fifth-year option is there, and that's going to be available to them next offseason. So are they going to be willing to pick that up, or are they going to deny that and say, let's wait and see how you operate in your fourth year? So there's you know, the difference between one year or two years, effectively doubling your remaining lifespan with the team by having a good 2022. And I think that's, again, what you're looking for. Like the offensive line is going to struggle a little bit in 2022. Let's just be real. They lost Ron Armstead, who is an absolute anchor for them. The rest of them have been together and they've all been working for a cumulative of 17 years together, which is great. However, you're going to struggle a little bit in 2022 when you change your anchor over on the left side and you're all coming back from injuries and all these other pieces. Like there might be a little bit of a little bit of a a rough start for the offensive line. Let's say it that way. It's not necessarily a drop off, but there might be a little bit of a rough start. But can you come out of that and can you help to elevate the rest of your offensive line instead of being somebody that potentially holds you back, right? Is your offensive line only as good as your weakest link and are you that weakest link? If you are and if you have been in the past, working to make sure that you are not becomes very very important for you, especially when you're looking at doubling your potential remaining lifespan with a team that drafted you. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on Cesar Ruiz. Again, I believe he can do it. I, I tend to just believe in players. It's just who I am. And you brought in a coach that's going to work with him more specifically, but there's going to be some challenges over the course of the offseason. Let's say Trevor Pinning wins left tackle. Does that mean that James Hurst gets the opportunity to compete elsewhere on the offensive line? Because if so, he's got a lot of experience at guard, played quite a bit of it in the Saints offense last year has played it throughout his career and can play tackle and guard. He's very versatile in that way. So does he end up pushing Cesar Ruiz to either further his development or potentially even take his spot? So a lot of pressure 
on Cesar Ruiz. Again, got to be able to do it, but just a lot of pressure. Two other quick names to consider that are in very unique situations that are very important to you, the Saints fan. Tyron Matthew and Jarvis Landry. Now, again, when I say that there's a lot of pressure on players, I don't mean that I'm saying anything. It doesn't mean there's anything negative about it. It's just that like they get this opportunity to come back home, come back to Louisiana, in Tyron's case, come back to the city of New Orleans and have a massive impact to help lead their team to a championship, right? Like that's every player's goal. Michael Thomas returning kind of has the same, a little, has a little bit of the same pressure on him too. And again, pressure is not a bad thing. It just comes with the role. And so these guys that are returning to Louisiana that everyone is so excited about, that also means that they could be criticized quickly or they could be praised just as quickly based upon their performance. Now, obviously, those two guys are very likely going to perform extremely well in their systems. Jarvis is built for a New Orleans Saints offense. Makes perfect sense. Tyron built for a New Orleans Saints defense with his versatility, ability to be able to communicate, and his high football IQ. So I think it's going to be fine on them, but they do have a lot of pressure, and I think it's pressure that they welcome and pressure that they're happy to have, considering that it also comes and is heightened by the fact that they got the opportunity to return to their home state and try to bring another championship to their favorite team. So tomorrow, as we continue on, we're going to talk a little bit about play calling for the New Orleans Saints. We've broken down the offensive play calling and Pete Carmichael, but now we got some more clarity in terms of defensive play calling, thanks to New Orleans at football's Nick Underhill in a conversation that he had with Dennis Allen. Is Dennis Allen going to be calling the plays? In 2022 on defense, he said that that's what he would like to do in his introductory press conference. We now have an update in terms of what that's actually going to look like. And if not him, who would it be? We'll also discuss a little bit about the differences between the New Orleans Saints play calls and other West Coast play calls as well, particularly West Coast offensive play calls and like air raids slash like more modern day um, uh, play calls and how vastly different they are and why it's so impressive when a quarterback can come in and immediately lead a New Orleans Saints offense. We got all that coming up for you tomorrow. Make sure for today, because I appreciate you making us your first listen for today, make sure your second listen is the Locked On NFL podcast. Go and check them out. 30 minutes on everything you need to know around the league. Luke and I talked about Adamican Sue and I told you why I think Adamican Sue would still be a really, really good fit to the New Orleans Saints after he has officially ruled out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Go and check that out wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Appreciate you as always making me a part of your day. We'll see you tomorrow for everything else you need in between on your New Orleans Saints. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how family's doing. Let me know how your living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.